Welcome to Tall Hungry Girl Talks. Today I'm going to talk about my brand, why I created it, and I have a special guest here, also known as my bestie, <laughs> to talk about boundaries. <laughs> may we have them, may, may we know what they are, and may we respect others. Mm -hmm. um, so first though, I want to talk about the name Tall Hungry Girl and how I came up with that. Um, I'm tall and I'm also hungry. <laughs> to the point that over the course of my life, people have asked me if I have tapeworm. I do not, <laughs> at least currently. <laughs> um, but perhaps the constant uh, hunger came from fighting with uh, my, the five other people in my, in my family over food. Um, but really, um, the reason why I created a Tall Hungry Girl uh, was five years ago I was working at a production company and working long hours and going back and forth to the grocery store next door. And I visited this grocery store so often that upon um, my vacation, uh, the grocery store clerk asked my coworkers, where's the tall hungry girl? And the name just stuck. And so uh, my coworkers uh, you know, have called me that. Um, since and so it's been kind of an inside joke for a long time and so from that I made a blog which most recently turned into a website and a brand called Tall Hungry Girl. Um, I write about my travels, mental health um, and really and food and everything in between. I love to cook and so I post a lot of my recipes but just you know different issues about mental health and you know the struggles that we all go through as humans. So, um, so that's just a little bit about my brand, but without further ado, I want to talk about boundaries to get to the meat of uh, the podcast today. So I'm going to introduce Gina, one of my dearest and bestest friends. She works in administration and is also the unofficial pres president of the Beehive. <laughs> For her 40th birthday, she's doing a dance rendition of a mix of Beyonce songs. Yes, two snaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, basically, she'll be doing a G-Cella, hiring professional dancers and all. So that's her personality in a nutshell. Gina also serves as the unofficial mayor of the DMV. I can literally never go out with her without running into one of her many friends. So I wanted to sit down and talk with her today about managing all of those friendships and setting, setting boundaries within that space. I think the reason why this is such um, an interesting topic for me is that I've really been navigating this uh, journey of establishing boundaries. I think in my 20s, you know, I would say, I would basically say yes to any social obligation and didn't have a lot of boundaries with a lot of relationships in my life. And then I found myself giving so much that I just got angry and literally just built like a castle around me, yes. <laughs> complete, complete with moats and everything. And so now, you know, the pendulum is swinging back to um, the middle. I'm realizing that I don't need to cut off everyone in my life if they upset me or I feel like they're breaching a boundary. So, you know, that's kind of where I am and, and the reason why. Um, so I wanted to talk with Gina today about, um, you know, it seems like women particularly have a lot of difficulty with boundaries, especially with men, yes. but with, you know, friends and, and saying no, we try to be everything to everyone. So can you talk a little bit about that? How have you been able to navigate that in your own life and with all of your friends? Lots of therapy. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually didn't even realize I had a problem with setting boundaries. Um, I was 28, and I had met this guy at the Obama, um, his first inauguration party, and I thought I was in love after like two weeks. <laughs> and so then... Been there. <laughs> <laughs> like I planned the wedding and everything. Uh-huh. And I flew, he lived in Kansas. And so I flew to Kansas to um, hang out with him. And he wanted, and I, you know, before he's like, I'm like, how are you going to be there? He's like a week. I'm like, oh, he loves me, whatever. <laughs> like I'm going to be there for a week. And on day two of my trip, he broke up with me. He told me he just wasn't, he didn't really like me that much. Like, he, actually, his words were, you're just not the one for me. And I'm like, well, yeah, yet, right? No. But anyway, <laughs> so I was so sad, and I went back home, and I started thinking, like, how did I end up here at this age? And I went to visit my doctor, and she was like, you should see a therapist. Like, you're really sad. So I go to see this therapist thinking that she's going to tell me how to fix my man issues, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, we start talking, and over the course of the next 11 years. Um, <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while. Right? That's okay. Right? <laughs> she ends up helping me realize how it really is about like boundaries I set with people and I wasn't setting with people. So I was always finding myself disappointed. At that point, I realized it was by men, but we later learned it wasn't only by men. It was by my friends. It was by my family. And it's because I didn't have any boundaries. So I was willing to give a million percent mm -hmm. of myself to them. And I was always so sad and disappointed when I wasn't getting anything or the same back. And then like after examining that more, it had me, she had me really think about like the value of myself and like really not really feeling like worthy. And so, which is why I was giving so much, right? Like afraid to say no, because then maybe people would go away mm -hmm. or maybe I wouldn't be like the favorite or for whatever reason, like they wouldn't see me or want to hang out with me. And so she just really helped me um, see the need for it. Now the work was really hard, right? Because for me, I had to start with my mom and growing up with like my dad who was never there he was always the villain in my heart in my mind mm -hmm. and so I was really uncomfortable right with setting those boundaries with her because I'm like no my mom's a good person she's this she's that and my therapist is like yes and right you still need some boundaries uh -huh. with her because she has an effect on you and is causing some other things with you. So that's like where it first started. And mm -hmm. then being able to like redefine relationships with my friends, which was really hard for mm -hmm. some people. I had some friends who noticed me setting boundaries. Um, I would say no to things. I would speak up for myself a little bit more. And I have some girlfriends who'd be like, wow, I really like this new Gina no matter what. And then there are some friends who felt some kind of way about it. So did you find yourself in conflict with some people? There were some friends I did, but some friends it wasn't. I was nervous at first, right, about, but I would keep telling myself, like, I have to do this for me, so I'd be afraid to say no. And for some friends, if I was saying no to other people, they were all about it, right? But then when the boundary came and I had to set it with them, there was definitely some um, feelings around mm -hmm. it and um, reestablishing the relationship, redefining the relationship, because mm -hmm. those were hard boundaries, because I had none, and so I had to put up some. And it was really hard, because I was always, like, a people pleaser, and the go-to for everyone, everything and everyone, like, everyone's security blanket, right? Like, Gina will be there, Gina will mm -hmm. do it. And then when I was like, no, actually, I won't, it was really hard for people. Mm -hmm. and it was hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because when your, your tank is empty, you can't, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, you can't pour from an empty yeah. cup. Yeah. So... 
um, just remembering that was like really, really challenging for me. And I think still, right? And like you were saying, when I first started um, with my therapy and on this process, I did swing to the opposite side of the pendulum. Like, I was like, no holds barred. Mm -hmm. You can tell me nothing. <laughs> I was mad at everybody. Uh -huh. Every uh -huh. time somebody asked me something or made any type of request, it was like an attack. Uh -huh. And my response was that way. And so over time, I've really had to learn to like navigate that and really internalize the why behind the boundary. So then now it comes from a more authentic and genuine place. So it's not with malice. It's not mm -hmm. with ill intent. So I think they're better received. Yes. And I, you know, I feel like I went through a similar process. And, you know, I think sometimes I'm still going through that process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. That laugh friend. is because she knows. <laughs> um, of just being angry and thinking that, you know, like you said, everyone is attacking you and, you know, you're being disrespected. And it's like, no, it's really not that deep. Everyone has their own things going on. And to, you know, take into consideration that there is another side to the perspective. And so that is something that I've, you know, I don't always have to be reactive. Right. And thinking that, like, I, I don't always have to establish this just wall firm boundary. And yeah. so that is part of my pendulum swinging back to the middle of, like, okay, it, it doesn't always have to be so extreme. Mm -hmm. This can be something that I handle internally if I'm... I'm upset. I don't always need to say something about it. You know, I don't always need to let the other person know. That's, that's you know, every day someone's going to piss you off and you're going to spend a lot of energy uh -huh. telling everyone that, you know, they've pissed you off when, you know, really like we're, you know, we make errors too. So you want to offer some grace. Right. But Sorry. go ahead. Oh, no, I was just thinking and also like just me remembering to always, for me, presume positive intentions, right? Yeah. So like don't, these are your She friends. tells me this all the time. <laughs> Like, this is your homegirl. Like, she would never intentionally hurt you. She may have done something to upset you, but, like, understanding that that probably wasn't her intent, even though it made you feel that, feel that way. So just, like, adjusting how you approach it. But it doesn't mean you don't have to say something, and you can set up boundaries. We set up emotional boundaries all the time with people. It's how I navigate through so many friendships, but it doesn't have to be, like, this big dramatic deal. Because, yeah. Because... Making it a big deal makes it about them, and it's not about them. It's yes. about me. So yes. I just Preach. need to have this to yeah. myself and yeah. set that for myself. I don't even have to tell anybody yeah. about it. I'm gonna just, you just keep moving the yeah. way I move, mm -hmm. but this and is flow what it is. a little bit differently next yes. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With that knowledge, so that brings me to the next topic, which has been a big deal all of my life is time. <laughs> 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 the reason I am such a psycho about time is I love my parents. They're amazing people, but they used to leave me places. <laughs> so I would be at volleyball practice or tap practice, and they literally would not come and pick me up. I mean, they were busy. My dad was, you know, taking care of my grandmother who was ill. Um, you know, my mom was, you know, a teacher. So sometimes she would have to stay late and deal with kids. And then I had three other siblings and, you know, my youngest brother's autistic. And so we just had a lot going on. And so they would leave me at tap class. And yeah. so the tap teacher would have to take me home, you know, after waiting there for mm -hmm. three hours. And so, you know, going into adulthood, that was my way of being able to control things. I know if someone's on time, I know they're going to show up. And so it's like, I have been so vigilant and kind of, I hate to use the word Nazi, but really just an, a time Nazi and, and expecting that people are always going to be there and it's disrespectful if you're late. And so, you know, I have a really, really dear friend who cannot be on time to save his life. <laughs> 
he'll, rena- he'll remain nameless. But he's one of the most amazing people I know and has been there uh, with me with me through so many struggles. I've known him since I was like 19 years old. And, you know, we went to college together and he lives here now. He hangs shelves for me. He picks me up from the airport. And, you know, we are that friend to each other. So it's an even exchange. But he's always late. And so, it, you know, I've had to be you know, have grace with that and realize that like he has made enough deposits into our friendship that that is just something that I just know about him. You know, when he really needs to be on time, like when he's picking me up from the airport, he will be. But if it's a dinner or something like that, you know, he's typically late. And so, but he has made so many deposits into our friendship that, you know, that is something that I, I, uh, you know, I don't want to say allow, but I don't, you know, allow myself to get upset about it. I think because, like you talk about the deposits, like you know he cares about you. Yes. And I think, especially in thinking about with your parents not being there on time, you equate that with like value and caring. And yes. so if someone is on time, they care about you and you can trust it. If they're not, you really do take it. It's like sometimes like rejection or like, now I now you know what, if you're not going to show up on time for this, then I don't think I could count on you for yeah. other things. Yeah. But for him, he's shown you that you can count on him. Yeah. So you're just like, and this is just something else. But yes. It, it doesn't work that way with like other people. Yeah. Like dates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If we're going on a date, be on time. <laughs> but it, again, it's another one of those examples of the pendulum. You know, you can't be extreme in every area of your life. There, there has to be, you know, it is, as my friend would say, um, a non-negotiable for me, but I realized that like, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of great people who aren't always on time. Yeah, life is great. Yeah. For me. Yeah. No, exactly. It's dynamic. Things happen. And so, you know, if someone is continuously a shithead and and (laughs) an hour too late, but you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, traffic is bad, whatever. So I've tried to improve in that area, even though it continues to irk me, I do allow, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm learning to allow for, you know, that space. So I don't know if as my, as my friend, you could <laughs> agree um, or I'm getting better. She's getting better. <laughs> it's still a struggle with dates, <laughs> but she's getting better with don't her be friends. Late. <laughs> don't be late. Don't be late. Don't be late. Right. But I was talking to her about it the other day and I told her I get it. Right. Cause I'm someone too, who is punctual most of the time and who really does I do I develop some anxiety when people are late and when I think about it it really is because of that like time being such like a great currency right like you can really show someone how much you care about them by honoring it and you can show someone or make someone feel like you don't by not and so just like finding that balance Mm -hmm. between like working out my own stuff when it comes to people and time versus like putting it on them because if I'm going somewhere, if Tahira is, if she happens to run late, I really don't think twice about her showing up. I don't think twice about our friendship. But for me, when it's men, and if it's a guy that's running late for something, I literally start to doubt everything. Yeah. Like, oh, what did I say that one time that maybe he won't show up? Or why is he late? Yeah. Or what does this mean? You know? Was my eye makeup messed up? Right. <laughs> right. Ridiculous did I, things. Did I laugh too loud? Was yes. like too Gina? You know, did yeah. I say too much? Did he uh-huh. not get my joke? Like, all this stuff goes to my head and it's so silly when you think about it because while I'm having all this internal monologue because someone is running five or ten minutes late they literally are just in their car chilling 
listening to songs yes. on their way to see not, me. Not thinking about. Not thinking about anything. Your eye makeup. So when I when they get there and I have a look on my face that I have to process. Yes. Them, they're like. And uh, wipe the attitude uh, off. And wipe the attitude off mm-hmm. and just be like, hey. <laughs> and then you make like that sarcastic, passive aggressive. Yeah. Like, hey. But guys know, but they uh-huh. ignore. They ignore, right? They're so good at that. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. Time is tough. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but saying no, that yeah. has been like, oh, I feel like, um, you know, I have this quote from Brene Brown. I'm going to pull out my <laughs> cell phone for this because <laughs> I definitely took a screenshot of this. Um, so she says, daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. We can't base our own worthiness on others' approval. And this is coming from someone who spent years trying to please everyone. Only when we believe deep down that we are enough can we say enough. And I think that that is so true. I think, you know, I spent so much time in my 20s, like, saying yes to social obligations, cooking, you know, inviting everyone over to my house, cooking dinner for everyone, when these people aren't, you know, necessarily reciprocating, but really my well was dry, which led me to a place of kind of, you know, being angry. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's like as women, because I, and I say as women because I've never been a man, so I can only speak from my (laughs) perspective. (laughs) But I also see it in, you know, my other, you know, girlfriends that, we always are like, oh, is it is it bad if we don't go to this birthday party? I'm just so tired or I'm so stressed out or, yeah. you know, we're always trying to have these like reconciliations with ourselves when it's okay to say no. Like, yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah. For me. So as far as like going to things, I don't mind. Like I know like other I'm like a true extrovert. Like, I get my um, energy from other people, right? So when I'm sad, it helps me around other people, even if I'm just in their space. So I don't necessarily need to retreat to um, re-energize. But I know for me, I realized when I was around, I think I was, I don't know how old, I was in my 20s, and I was dating this older guy who said no to me. And I remember feeling like it was, like, the worst thing ever. And when I thought about it, I'm sorry, I don't think I hurt no growing up. I, for me, I'm just saying, like, people didn't say no to me, so I just got used to it, right? So then I didn't say no, though. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because yeah. for me, I was taught that you just make a way. Yeah. And even and when you think about it, you still, I still struggle with saying no. I'll be like, well, I'll see. Or, well, or you can't just, you say no with an explanation. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, no, I just don't yeah. want to, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, like that meme where, you know, the best plans are canceled plans, you yes, know, like on a yes, Friday night. Yes, yes, <laughs> Like you're wishing that the other person cancels before you want, right, you know. Right, And so, right, and like you, when you mentioned earlier about me having like all my friends, for me it comes to a point where I have to just like make decisions, right? I'm not saying prioritize because I don't do that. I just make decisions in the order that it happens because I can't go, especially as I'm getting older. Like when I was younger and I first started teaching, you know, wanting to be such this powerful, amazing teacher, I would literally spend my weekends going to all my kids' soccer games, doing, going to their baseball games, going to their houses for dinner, like, every weekend, and then still staying and doing everything for my friends, because mm-hmm. I, that I didn't want to say no, you know? But as I've gotten older, I've had to prioritize. And then I think also sometimes it seems like when you're single, people expect you to be there because yeah. you don't have a reason. Like, I got a boyfriend, and it was easy. People were like, oh. Or I remember when I went back to school for that year, people were like, oh, she's in school. But I had to be comfortable 
with them being okay with understanding, I real I may not have anything to do today, and I come 99% of the time, but today I, I kind of just want to sit on my couch and do nothing. Yeah. I don't have other plans. I've, I have plans of myself, yes. right? <laughs> my plan is a nap. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So then being able to say I can't do something or I can't go somewhere or just I don't even want to. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. Because it, you, it does feel very personal. Yeah. And I would never want to hurt my anyone's feelings. Yeah. And, and on the flip side of that, is, you know, going through this journey, you know, because we've been friends for a long time now. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that is respecting your friends when they start to have more boundaries yeah. and not being, you know, you you navigate your own journey. But, you know, when, you know, you say, no, I can't. And you're like, damn, but she always says yes when I want to go to dinner mm-hmm. and not being disappointed in like and taking that personally. Right. And really caring enough to like stepping outside of yourself to say, if I'm asking Right. I have to be prepared for whatever yeah. answer this person gives me and I have to respect it. Like I know I have two friends who I love very dearly, but when they ask me something and I say I can't do it, they start giving me different ways and strategies for me <laughs> to do it. And I'm like, I am a really smart woman. I you know what I'm saying? Like I could think of ways to make it happen. Yeah. I don't want to, which is why I said I can't make it, you know? Yeah. It it, it really as I've gotten older, that's like nails on a chalkboard for me. Like, I am like, if you ask me, hey, can you come? And I'm like, oh, I can't. I have X, Y, and Z to do. And then they start saying, oh, but you could just do this first. And, then da, 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 da. and it's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I'd already thought of that. <laughs> and I've come to the conclusion that no. That I, I just don't, don't want to. Yeah. You know, that's like my episode, my favorite episode of Friends or one of them, Phoebe, when they ask her something. She's like, and everyone has all these reasons why they can't do something with like Monica or something. And she's like, yeah, I would, but I just don't want to. And I'm like, I want to be like that. I want to be able to say that and people not be offended by that. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. Yes. Um, but you said, okay, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll wrap it up soon. Cause you know, we got to go, but, um, you know, you said something yesterday when we were talking about this podcast, um, that like friendships, um, you know, you need to know when it, when your boundary is a Sharpie marker oh. <laughs> and when it's a dry erase uh-huh, marker. Uh-huh. And that was like, oh my God, as Oprah says, an aha moment. I was like, yes, <laughs> because I've been drawn with a Sharpie for a while now in every situation. <laughs> yes. right? And I don't need to. And so I think, you know, the, the lesson for me, um, and you know, in so many aspects of my life is just operating in a space of grace. And, you know, I think Michelle Obama said it best and that you, you know, you can have it all. You just can't have it at the same time. And so, you know, learning when to say yes, learning when to say no, but also, you know, just operating, you know, have grace for others, have grace for yourself when you say no. So, yeah. Is there anything you wanted to add? You know, you look like you wanted to say something. I don't even remember. But yes, definitely grace. And just also when you thinking about like the, when we go back to boundaries and how we respond to others and thinking about it, it's just, I just think it's important to always like really like analyze your own intentions and like the space you're moving from and the space you're responding from. Because I have found that when I do that and if I think about, am I making this decision? Am I responding from a place of fear? Fear of them. People pick up on that yes. too. Fear so of they'll losing react. someone, yeah. fear of hurting someone's feelings, fear of whatever, and not being true to who I am. It doesn't come across right at all. Like if I, said, if I say no to someone, 
out of fear, it comes across as angry, right? Yeah. If I say, but then if I say um, notice someone out of anger, it comes across as anger. If I say notice, like, you know, you just have to make sure. But if I say I really can't and I'm in a space where I'm comfortable with it and I really just can't because I've had appropriate boundaries, it takes away that, like, passive-aggressive energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you can be at peace with it. Yeah. Because I, I've also learned sometimes when you try to accommodate others, that goes wrong. And yeah. And you're really in your feelings Yeah. About and then it. something, yeah. And then something goes wrong with the accommodation. They show up late or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then it's, it's a, a head explosion <laughs> because you're just pissed. Because you've settled. Yes. Right? You, you've compromised for, on yourself. Yeah. And so To that, accommodate. Yeah. When you shouldn't have. Right. So that's why, like, just the whole, like, really thinking about like the space that you're in and moving from like a genuine authentic space and I also think that's just healthier in general to help you in all your relationships and for me it's been you know my most challenging situations have been with men so yeah like, just staying true to myself if I want to call I'm going to call if I don't want to call I'm not going to call you know what I'm saying yeah. if I want to go somewhere I will if I'm not like just making sure and not doing anything I don't want to do because I have to have my boundaries yeah like driving to Silver Spring at eight o'clock. <laughs> uh, hinge date. <laughs> right. <laughs> on, a, on a school night. Yes, we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, in conclusion, like a term paper, <laughs> it is okay to say no, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is okay to it's say okay no. It's okay to say no. And it's also okay to say yes, too. Yeah. So just make sure that your well has some water in it so uh -huh. you can pour out of it. Absolutely. So, anyway, well, that concludes my first podcast. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Join us maybe next time for Tall Hungry Girl Talks. Don't get, uh, you know, don't get married to that name because it may change. We shall see. Anyway, thanks for joining me and Gina. Until next time. Thank you so much to Switch and Board Podcast Studios in Washington, D.C. for allowing me this opportunity of my first podcast with Tall Hungry Girl Talks. Switch and Board.